Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Uh, but after the race, Carlos Sainz had his half a million euro uh, watch stolen as he returned to Milan from the circuit. Uh, word on the street is that he chased down the person that stole his watch um, as he tried to escape. And uh, and then the police got him and he got his watch back. But like, <laughs> what a weekend he had. Like Batman yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, I did see that it was watch. retrieved with help of the team, which I was surprised by. There was, there's no like report of police. It was just like, no, the whole Ferrari gang yeah. just chasing them down. The whole of down. Milan <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, true. All of the Ferrari fans as well, just chasing down this guy and his watch. Hello and welcome back to On Track GP, where today we are breaking down and going through the phenomenal 2023 Monza Grand Prix, which happened yesterday. And I'm very privileged to be joined today by the wonderfully uh, well F1 educated content creator, <laughs> Olivia Hartley. Thank you so much. And welcome. This thank is you your, very your, much. Your first time uh, first with appearance. us on, on Track GP. So thank you very much for giving up a little bit of your so uh, Monday to come and talk with us. Let's get initial first thoughts. What did you think of the race yesterday? Exciting. Yeah. It was fun for, for a change. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad saying it, but, you know, we all agree. Yeah. The season has been a little bit slow. Very, very dominated by Max Verstappen. Still was yesterday, but a lot more excitement going on behind him. Yeah, I totally nice. agree. Uh, and I tell you what, Zanfort was kind of like that as well. So since we've come back from the summer break, it's like we've had a couple of good pretty good yeah. over weekends as well because both mm -hmm. the qualifying sessions and the races on the Sunday uh, have been really really good but let's jump to the headline the, yep, the, the breaking <laughs> news which uh, I mean you can do nothing but stand back and clap basically Max Verstappen has now won 10 consecutive races in a row that is terrifyingly it's good it's crazy. Will we ever see? Because we said this when Vettel broke it uh, uh, for nine races in a row. We thought, well, that's never going to happen again. He, he could do like 15 races well, in a row. Thing. It's like, where does it actually <laughs> stop? Because he's broken the record, which is amazing on its own. Yeah. But I have a feeling he could set a record that will never be broken by anyone again if he keeps going the way he is. Well, the thing about Max is that he's so. I, I think when like when he when he uh, 
crossed the line, his response on the radio was, yeah, not too bad. <laughs> like, he was so relaxed. He's so, like, nonchalant, because he's just, ex- he expects it at this point, which, why wouldn't he? I, I think that. If there was a race that you think maybe Max won't win this year, what do you think that might be? Oh, I don't know. I really don't. The one that jumps out for me, uh, it, because it's a lesser known prospect, is Vegas. Like, obviously, yeah. they've been in the simulator. They'll know it. They've scanned the track and everything. But with ha- the cars actually never having been around there until they go there on the Friday, and it's a Saturday night race in Vegas, it'll be like 6 a.m. for us in the UK. I just think there's a few variables and yeah. maybe it's a lot something of different else. different factors that they're facing. It's going to be a bit of an unknown for all of the drivers, mm-hmm. so it could bring about some surprising results. I guess the only thing with it, though, there is about a seven and a half mile straight, which by the looks of things, if anything <laughs> yesterday is to go by, the Red Bull's pretty yeah. good in a straight line. Yeah. Um, but look, Max Verstappen, I mean, that is absolutely incredible. It has to be, depending on how far he goes in this run, it has to go down as maybe one of the greatest individual performances we've ever seen yeah. in an F1 I mean, car. Like I said, the dominance has just been crazy. I mean, people talk about Lewis Hamilton's dominance over the years, and he was, but not to this extent. Mm. He was always fighting a teammate who was a lot closer to him or another driver on the grid. um, And he fought for his championships Mm. a lot of the time. And it was close a lot of the time. But Max's dominance this year is just unseen. It's It's What's wild is that it sort of feels like... Yesterday was one of the few times we've seen him this whole season actually have to make an overtake, yeah. like yeah. or a real overtake, because yeah. because the DRS was so much less effective mm-hmm. yesterday uh, at the track that he was actually having to fight yeah. and and uh, give it to Carlos Sainz as well. He was putting up some my boy great Carlos defense. Sainz, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he well, made him fight for it. A, a wonderful stat going round that yesterday, while Carlos Sainz was leading for a mighty fourteen laps, that is the longest time since the start of the season that any car has led that's not a Red Bull. It's it's crazy because at the time it was really exciting. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. 14 <laughs> laps without Max in the lead. And then when you think about it, it's actually ridiculous that we're sat here getting excited yeah. about that and that it's been less than half a race that a non-Red Bull car has, has led. Well, let's move over to Ferrari because uh, Carlos Sainz, it seems that honestly, for the first time in like three years, or this is his third year now with Ferrari, He's starting to click with mm-hmm. that car and it's starting to work for him. The last few races, he started to look good. And I thought he had a particularly good weekend this weekend. What did you make of Carlos? Definitely. He was, I think, clearly deserving of that podium on Sunday. He'd been outperforming Charles all mm. weekend. Um, and for me, I think it was the first time I thought that there really isn't a clear first driver at Ferrari. Carlos Sainz has really been holding his own just as well as Charles Leclerc has this season. And um, yeah, he really, he really did deserve that podium. And when he, you know, when Charles was asking, can we swap the cars around? I'm faster. Ferrari weren't really yeah. giving into it the way that they perhaps usually do. Well, so like I with think, Schumacher and yeah. Barrichello, you know. So when I they think used they're to also... Like, Get out of the way, Rubens! <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I think Ferrari's also thinking it's not as clear-cut as we maybe thought, Yeah, which is interesting. You look at, the, you know, because your, your um, page is fantastic and you go Thank into you. such detail about the sort of delta and, and you, you compare drivers. And for me, one of the most interesting things that you've done is, is the Carlos versus Charles. Mm. They are so tight this season. Yeah. Almost nothing separating them. No. So you're right, there's not really a first driver there. No, and y- you look at average race pace and qualifying pace, Charles Leclerc does slightly beat him, but it's a very small difference. Mm. It's tight, um, but ultimately, it, Car- Carlos has got the better result. Mm. Home Grand Prix, finishing on the podium. But my God, it was hairy towards mm. the end. Good I mean... Idea. 
I don't know uh, if you've sort of f- followed any of the stream, but yesterday I was uh, falling to my knees, tearing <laughs> my hair out at the end when Charles was just dive bombing for fun. Mm. So Carlos's tyres were shot. They were basically set for a 3-4. They yeah. weren't fighting with anybody else. Uh, George was super far back and, and Perez was off in, in the distance. So there was all they had to do was just drive at home yeah. nice and comfortably, <laughs> take a nice big old points haul because as a constructor, they're chasing down Mercedes. They yes. want th- they're looking for second place. Yeah. And then what happens? Charles goes, I'm going to mix this up a little yeah. bit. <laughs> What were your, what was your Fourth thoughts? place, no thanks. No, you didn't want it. What were your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think is going through Ferrari's strategy to allow them yeah. to do this? Again, I think that's a bit of a response from Charles on, like I said, the fact that the Ferrari isn't clear-cut about having a first driver anymore. It was always Charles Leclerc. They made that pretty clear. And that's not the case now. And I think he's probably feeling quite defensive and like, I need to fight for these positions and kind of show him who's boss type of thing. Um, But yeah, they weren't having it. I mean, they were allowing the racing, which I mean, I don't mind. I don't. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mind a, a, a good teammate fight? I mean, there was one moment where, like... Their wheels, I, I, I don't know how they didn't touch. I think this was like three laps ago. It, it, it was unbelievably close and so stressful. And then Carlos gets on the radio and says, right, come on, let's yeah. just bring this home. <laughs> Enough of it. Like, I mean, I mean, and the other thing is, if they were the other way around, I know that Carlos would have been shooting as well. Yeah. 100%. Mm. But if they were the other way around, I think Ferrari would have told Carlos to back off. I think you're probably right. But they didn't tell Charles to back off. No. So does that maybe show that they have a little mini one-two there? Yeah, because again, I, th- I think there is still an element of that. And I think that they are still conscious of keeping Charles Leclerc happy. Yeah. There's been a lot of rumours circulating about other teams trying to negotiate him. with him. Yeah, poach him. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think he'll ever go. I think he's far too loyal to Ferrari till the day he dies. I don't think there's any chance what of him guy. moving, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, yeah, a bit like most of the Ferrari fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be so much happier if I supported Red Bull in my <laughs> yeah. life. Like, yeah. why don't I just switch? No, I never will. Um, but I, t- I think <laughs> Carlos goes on the radio and goes, right, come on, come on, calm down, everybody. Let's just bring this home. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go to Charles. Right, mate, come on, no more, no racing <laughs> yeah. in the last lap. And then Charles Leclerc throws the most over-the-top aggressive dive bomb into turn one on the last lap, locks up all four tyres, takes <laughs> yeah. the position, has to give it back. And I literally, I literally felt on the, the edge of death. My heart was beating so fast at the end. He even said in, uh, there was an interview afterwards, so he was walking through the paddock and he said, sorry for the heart attack, guys. <laughs> so everyone who's watching is like on the edge of their seats. Oh my God. I mean, because it turned out okay, mm. amazing racing. If they had crashed. If if they had had to retire had at the end of the race because of them fighting between each other, that would have been at the home very Grand bad Prix. for Ferrari. They would not have got out of Monza. And there's only one road in and one road out of Monza. They wouldn't have made it out there. No. But ultimately, it turned out okay. And yeah. before the race, I, I sort of foolishly <laughs> predicted a 1-2. I thought with my heart <laughs> rather than my head, a Ferrari 1-2. Yeah. Realistically, come on, that was never going to happen. Uh, but a 3-4 for Ferrari, for me, is a great result. It's good. I was I was hoping and praying for a double podium. 
I didn't think it was going to be a one-two, but to at least hold the positions or maybe Max overtake Carlos and then mm. finish in second and third, that would have been nice to see, especially given that Perez was starting a few positions back. Yeah, down in fifth. Um, let's talk about Sergio Perez. Mm. Um, generally, what have you made of his season? Um, I mean, it's not been amazing considering he is in easily the fastest car mm. on the grid. Um, his qualifying in particular has been very poor. And I know a lot of people have put it down to different problems he's had. But when it's that many sessions back to back, I mean, there was a period of time where he'd gone several races without even making it past Q1 or he didn't make it to Q3. Yeah, absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, and that then is not a coincidence anymore. There's something going on. So, yeah, I think qualifying performance has been pretty poor from him to be honest but then the races he always brings it back he recovery drives yeah this is why i wanted to talk about a little bit today are we giving sergio too much of a hard time because ultimately right what we what what he should be doing is putting the car second behind max and a lot of the time he's qualifying badly but then the red bull have built such an incredible car that he comes back and he goes second. And mm-hmm. I've been such a critic of him. But you look through back it, it, so many of his races and he has managed to somehow pull back a second yeah. place. But he shouldn't be in the position where he's having to no, pull back. That's right? the thing. It's like, should he be qualifying as poorly as he is in that car? No, he definitely shouldn't. However, he's still doing his job as Red Bull's second driver. And there's been so much talk about, well, they need to get rid of Sergio Perez. He's not performing as well as Max, obviously. Um, They need to bring someone else in. I just don't think they've got any motivation to do Mm. that. Sergio Perez is still very comfortable in that second driver position. He's second in the driver's standings until there is another team challenging them closely and threatening that second position in the driver's standings. They've got no reason to do anything. So that's the thing. That's the big question. You bring up the really interesting point is that ultimately there isn't a, a challenger for Red Bull at yeah. the minute. We saw a little bit, you know, Ferrari occasionally, McLaren's turning up mm-hmm. at Silverstone, that sort of thing. Occasionally a team, but not long term is anybody challenging Red no. Bull this season. Now, assuming that they do keep Sergio Perez in the contract, they don't sack him off and he stays for 2024. Could they maybe regret that decision if a Mercedes, a Ferrari, uh, a McLaren or even an Aston Martin suddenly spike go on in crazy run of form and have two drivers com- c- competing scoring highly mm-hmm. and then are they then fight in, in a in a constructors battle that they shouldn't be in because the second driver isn't as strong yeah could they maybe regret that decision next I year i think that's definitely a potential outcome i mean if if mercedes managed to get themselves together and be competitive again they've got two of the best drivers on the grid in my mm. opinion and if they've got a good car to go along with it then they are going to be a serious threat to red bull once again and i think same for mclaren again if their performance over the last couple of races is indicative of the direction they're going in. They have such a strong driver lineup mm-hmm. that I think could really be challenging for Sergio Perez if they were in better cars. So yeah, I think they could maybe come to regret it, but I don't think they would be shy about doing a mid-season switcheroo if they needed to. And they've got drivers waiting for that yeah. seat. I know Daniel Ricciardo would yeah. jump at it. Um, they've got Liam Lawson now, who's doing so well in his first couple of races. So I yeah, I don't think they'd be shy about making that move if they needed to. Yeah, well, you mentioned Liam Lawson. He had, um, well, he's had really, to be honest, I think he's had two great races. Not to bin it, to be completely honest. Keeping the yeah. car on the track, not causing mm-hmm. any damage or costing anything yeah. to a team that doesn't have anywhere near as much money as the guys at the top in the Alpha Tour, right? Uh, and he finished 11th. I mean, he was close to points yesterday. Yes. Uh, but just, just ultimately finishing just outside. But I think... This last couple of weeks, my God, can he hold his head high in these last 10, 11 days? Yeah, I mean, I think what he's doing 
given the circumstances, is incredible. I mean, at the last race in, in Zandvoort, it was such a messy race with the weather and the red flags. And there was many very, very experienced drivers who didn't make it to the end of racing sessions. So I think for him to just finish strongly without getting himself involved in any kind of mess was a performance in and itself. And then, like you say, second ever Formula One race, and he's nearly in in the points in an Alpha Tauri, which the car isn't strong this year. It's, it's no. just not. It's been one of the worst throughout most of the season. So, yeah, I think he's doing great. Yeah, I agree. I think he's having a fantastic season. Did you hear about the Monza curse, by the way? Of course. Obviously. You know. <laughs> I'm well versed in the Monza curse. Oh, that rhymes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love a curse. I love uh -huh. a bit of like cheesy drama in Formula One. And... It came out, okay, at the end of the race, for the last yeah. few laps, Max Verstappen was told to slow down for the last sort of three or four laps uh, because the team were looking to manage temperature issues to get the car to the end of the race. And he was losing about three seconds a lap. Yeah, Sergio big. was gaining three seconds a lap. Now, if you remember back to the beginning of the race, mm -hmm. Yuki Tsunoda cut two laps off the race yep. because uh, his car didn't start. So they had to do two extra formation laps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply theory in theory if we hadn't have lost those two laps if he hadn't lost those two laps sergio would have caught up with him mm -hmm. and potentially beaten him the monza curse is still alive yeah. <laughs> it was just the amount of laps that's it I, yeah I, I do think it's funny that the monza curse nearly got to him he narrowly escaped it however that being said if sergio perez had caught up with max i'm sure he would have done given those two extra laps there is no chance in that red bull would have allowed him to overtake max and take that 10 consecutive race win record away from him 100 percent. you're completely <laughs> right but i just love a bit of the drama um we mentioned very uh, briefly earlier on um Aston Martin. Mm -hmm. uh, I think F Fernando Alonso is probably having the second best season out of anybody. Um, yeah, out, sure. of all, out of all 20 drivers after after Max. What do you make of what he's capable of doing? Is he 43, I think, now? I mean, it's a joke. Yeah, I mean, Aston Martin's performance this year has made it very clear that Alonso has still very much got it in him. He is still a championship driver. Mm. I think he's so skilled and he's such a reliable driver as well. He very rarely makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um and I mean, he was competing for all of the podiums and race wins at the beginning of the season and a few other teams have come in and started to compete with them now. So they're not quite where they were, but still, I think if Aston Martin again continued that performance, was able to further develop their car next year, I honestly think that Alonso could still be competing against Max for championships. Oh, I think man. he's got the skill. How exciting would that be? That would be amazing. I mean, really the only <laughs> way that you can measure yourself in Formula One is against the person that's in the same car as you. And if you measure Alonso against uh, Lance Stroll. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I mean, there's no, no point. There's no point even having the discussion. You know I what? Mean, I was such... Four, 41 <laughs> seconds off Alonso today. Like, I uh, was yesterday. such a Lance Stroll apologist at the start of the season because I just thought everyone knows he's a midfield driver at best. It's no secret. 
But when Aston Martin were probably the second fastest team after Red Bull at the start of the season, I thought he was holding his own. You know, he's never going to be Fernando Alonso. He was never competing mm-hmm. against him, but he was consistently making it into Q3, finishing in the points, a couple positions behind Alonso. So I think he was holding his own, all things considered. However, his performance does seem to have dropped off. And it also seems like he doesn't care anymore. Like, I was watching his uh, post-race interviews yesterday and he's not even like engaged he's no. not going oh you know I, w- I wish we could have done he's like yeah car was slow couldn't get anywhere but like, well hold on the car was slow yeah but you were 41 yeah. seconds <laughs> off your teammate I mean that's a, as big a delta as maybe we've seen out of anybody yeah. yesterday I mean for me it's just like then the story came out that he wanted to play tennis and it's just <laughs> what, what is going on in and there Aston Martin had to like very seriously deny that he was not ditching Formula <laughs> 1 for a tennis career <laughs> To be fair, I've seen, and he does look like he's a very, very good forehand. So he, <laughs> Thank you, he, he would have some games. <laughs> Maybe that's his calling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, forget it, man. Like, it, it, he's not bringing anything to the sport, particularly if he doesn't care. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if he was there, you know, really, really passionate or, mm-hmm. or, or, or like saying, oh, no, I want to improve this. But when people are doing interviews at the end of the race, you think there's so many professional drivers that would do anything yeah. to be in that car, which, by the way, was competitive at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's going, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it was just slow today. Well, what can I do? You think, well, mm-hmm. come on, man. Talk about privilege. It's too much. Yeah. Too much for Agreed. me. Um, so there was a bit of a sort of quite interesting moment. Um, the crash or well, it was a crash, actually, because it broke Piastri's front wing between mm-hmm. Hamilton and Piastri. Um, ultimately, that really damaged Oscar Piastri's yes. race, and yeah. Lewis Hamilton was given a five-second penalty. So, firstly, what did you think of the crash? Did you think anyone was more at fault than the other? I think it was quite clear that it was Lewis Hamilton's fault. I'm pretty sure everyone is in agreement with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's been talks about just from an analysis point of view, Piastri had a little bit of room to move further over, but he shouldn't have had to. Um, And also, I think even... It was very, very tight. I think they Mm. probably would have made contact even if he had been further over. So, no, I think it was Lewis Hamilton's fault. I think the penalty was rightly given out. I'll tell you what's an interesting thing is that there was a lot of talk afterwards of people going, right, Oscar Piastri's lost 35 seconds, right? Because he's had to come in and change a front wing. Lewis Hamilton was the fault of the crash and he only gets five seconds. How is that fair? And I thought about it, but you can't, you have to have a blanket rule for everything. That's if you thing, if yeah. you cause a crash, you're going to be given a penalty. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think it's going to like level out over the course of the season. In this case, it's really unfair for Oscar Piastri. It's really tough, really difficult, but it will probably even out over the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? At some at some point or, or, or in the future. And fair pay to Lewis. We did see him at the end of the race go over, shake his hand, apologies. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened, that kind of thing. So hopefully there's clear air. But generally, how do you feel about the penalty rule? Um... Again, I agree with you. I think it's just a standard rule. Five-second penalties are the standard when something like that happens, a 10-second penalty if it's repeated or if it's a lot more severe. Um, And I don't think you can suddenly get angry and say, well, you should be given a 35-second penalty because Oscar lost 35 seconds because that's just not the rules, whether Mm. we like it or not. And like you say, it's it's just going to be the same for everyone and every incident. And I think they gave the penalty to him he accepted it he apologized like you said and admitted fault and i don't think there's there's much more you can say about it than that really yeah it's tough isn't it i mean it's ju- it's just one of those things in the mm-hmm. race but i saw there was a lot of anger basically saying that oh yes, Piastri was doing was. All right and then and then lewis mucks it up for him yeah. but but it, it i also is. don't it's think it was things. malicious either you know he was looking left into the turn he you focused on the apex at that point oscar was behind him you're kind of having to 
sense and guess mm-hmm. where that car is to a certain extent. I don't think he was like forcibly pushing him out the way. Um, and there was very nearly a similar incident between Perez and, and Leclerc. Mm. And it's just about getting lucky, really. The yeah. contact is is pretty inevitable a lot of the time. Yeah, so. I think you're totally right. I don't think Lewis was looking to do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, let's have a very brief chat about Alex Albon. I mean, suddenly, that Williams car looks like a pretty good car, yeah. particularly at this circuit. You know, I'm such an Alex Albon stan. I think he is <laughs> a great driver. Um, I, I'd say underrated, but I think people recognize his talent. I think it's pretty clear that he's outperforming so significantly in that Williams mm. car. Because it's not, I don't think it's magically gotten so much faster. <laughs> I think he just, he's clicked with it a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's just always, I think, been been a great driver and is really just outperforming in, in that car. Um, and I'd love to see him continue to thrive maybe hopefully get a position at a stronger team in the next few years to come. Well, we saw him obviously go to Red Bull and for like, for a little time, it looked like that was basically going to end his career because the way that he was uh, treated and and the results that he was putting in, it looked like he was going to lose a seat in Formula 1 altogether. Mm -hmm. And he's come back, he's rebuilt, and now he is showing what a phenomenal prospect. And he's still young. He's still got a lot of years of driving in him. And it'll be interesting to see whether he sticks with Williams if they, if they, say because you know he's a hot prospect now mm-hmm. right it'd be interesting whether williams come to him and say here's our plan for the next four years we can yeah. get the car fourth mm-hmm. you know third and he goes okay actually that's a, that's a project i'm interested in or somebody like i don't know maybe mclaren is a bad example because they have two young drivers but maybe even the likes of ferrari come and say what do you think do you want to come and drive for us be interesting um what way do you think that he would rather go um it's hard i I think he has some kind of loyalty to Williams. I do think he enjoys racing with them. Mm. I think they have a good relationship um, and they work together and then the car is not as bad as it was. Um, however, I think like I, said, I think he's a great driver with a lot of, of potential. And I don't think he would turn down a top seat if he was offered one. I think the only thing that will hold him back is where he can go um, because Red Bull will take someone from within there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, junior yeah. Academy slash Alpha Tower. Yeah, I think they'll be taking Daniel Cardo, Liam Lawson before they consider anyone else. Ferrari, I think it would take a lot for them to drop um, Carlos Sainz and in particular Charles Leclerc. And McLaren, like you say, they've got a really, really strong young driver lineup. So that's the only thing is I don't see where a spot would be opening up in the next few years, but I do think he'd take it if it did. Interesting. I mean, I really like the idea of Williams getting back to where they were um, because they've had, up until now, a mm-hmm. horrible, like, four years, three or four years. Yeah. And now they have a performing car and they're such a historic team. Yes. Such a historic team. It'd be lovely to sort of have them back fighting uh, fighting towards the, the top. 
Um, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, uh, but after the race, Carlos Sainz had his half a million euro uh, watch stolen as he returned to Milan from the circuit. Uh, word on the street is that he chased down the person that stole his watch um, as he tried to escape. And uh, and then the police got him and he got his watch back. But like, <laughs> what a weekend he had. Like Batman yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, I did see that it was watch. retrieved with help of the team, which I was surprised by. There was, there's no like report of police. It was just like, no, the whole Ferrari gang yeah. just chasing down. The whole of down. Milan chased <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, true. All of the Ferrari fans as well, just chasing down this guy and his watch. I mean, that's very brave. Like, good on him. I mean, I'm glad that he wasn't hurt or injured or anything but like a pretty traumatic thing to happen after a, <laughs> yeah. after a lovely weekend um, let's look let's look to round up who would you say are the sort of is, if there was one or two standout performances from the Monza race yesterday that, that, that you think deserve to be commended I think the obvious choice is Carlos Sainz I think he yeah, baby. put up a really great defense as he did as much as he could have done in that first half of the race and the reality is he was never going to hold up across the whole race against Max in a Red Bull it's just unrealistic yeah. unfortunately so I think I think he did very well with mm -hmm. what he was given and I think that's definitely commendable that he uh, managed to remain on the podium at yeah. least totally totally agree uh I think he he I hope this is the sort of a big turning point for him and he can start to, you know, if, who knows how this blooming Ferrari is going to perform. They'll probably double <laughs> yeah. DNF next week, uh, uh, two <laughs> weeks time or whatever. Um, well, speaking of poor performances, for me, the biggest sort of like uh, people that will be the most upset with their weekend, Alpine, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. There's... Rubbish. And, and Haas a bit as well, but particularly Alpine. They're so neither here nor there at the minute. And they were, reasonably strong at the start of the season particularly Esteban Ocon was getting some really good results I mean the yeah. podium in Monaco was incredible yeah, to got watch. a podium last week yeah yeah like, exactly. what's going on yeah the, their performance is just so up and down it seems it's quite inconsistent and also quite inconsistent between drivers mm. like you'll, you'll see things like that which you've now seen twice where one of their drivers is on the podium and the other one is kind of just struggling Absolute somewhere mess. else somewhere yeah. at the bottom of the grid I tell you who they need Benotto get him in <laughs> Get him in. God. Get him Did in. Did you that. see that the um <laughs> they said that they saw the Netflix cameras filming Bonotto quite closely in the paddock, so like surely he's gotta have some kind of significant role within F1 again for them to be paying that much attention he's to him. He's gotta be going there. I mean they need so I think I think I think that'd be a good signing for them. Um and I love the guy, I'd love to see him back. <laughs> he's um, certainly a character. Well, look, we have uh, a week off now. Uh, and then we go over to Asia, Singapore, which I think is always quite an interesting race. We're due some rain at Singapore, yes. big time, because I don't think it has rained for a while there. But it's, it should—it's the sort of place where it should be raining, so that could be quite interesting. And the weather gods and F1 this year have, have been—they love the rain. Us. They absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, and then it's a double—a double header as uh, afterwards yes. we go over to Japan. Um, I mean, let's do very, very early predictions. Who you think could have some success uh, in Singapore um, in a couple of weeks' time? Well, I'm looking forward to Liam Lawson again because I think AlphaTauri have confirmed that they don't expect Daniel to have recovered by yeah. then. Um, so we get to see him race for the third time. So I'm excited for that. And particularly with Rain mixing up the order, I think that's a good opportunity for him to potentially score Definitely. his first points. I would love to see that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, is, last question, is any other team going to win a race apart from Red Bull this season? I think it could happen. There's plenty of opportunity for it because there are other teams that are not miles and miles off now. Like mm. I said, Ferrari, McLaren, Aston Martin, they're all kind of up there. 
Um, but I do think that something would have to go wrong for Red Bull. Yeah. So if we get rain in Singapore and something happens to Max or something mm. like that and and the both of the Red Bulls suffer a DNF yeah. for some reason, then there's the opportunity. But I struggle to see another team earning a win off of pure speed and merit without yeah. something wrong going for Red Bull. I think the RB19 potentially already goes down as the greatest F1 car ever built. It certainly has to be the most dominant in terms of the, the gap between... And it's not going wrong! No. There's no there's, errors with that's it! Pro- and that it's is, quick and consistent! That's the thing for... <laughs> to be fair, Red Bull in general, they are very, very good with consistency and with their strategy as well. It is always, always flawless. They never, ever make any mistakes, unlike... Ferrari, quite famously. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that one there. Uh, Olivia, thank you so much for coming in and joining pleasure. us. It would be lovely to uh, have you in again soon. But for now, that is us wrapping up an incredibly uh, exciting double header uh, from Zandvoort into Monza. It's been phenomenal uh, racing, not just the good qualities on the Saturday, but also fantastic racing on the Sunday. So thank you very much. But we will be keeping all the content coming to you uh, throughout the rest of the season and beyond into the future. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are on Track GP. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.